Okie doke. You know, um, I actually had a message all ready to go. I was about the, the Sabbath. But guess what? You know what sometimes happens? God's got a different idea. And uh, so I actually want to talk about pillars. And I don't have many slides this week. Basically, this is all I've got. And uh, you may recall that towards the end of last year, I just happened to mention that there was a prophetic word over our church. And uh, that word in part spoke to us about extending the tent pegs, right? Enlarging the influence and the, the size and everything. Everything to do with Ignite Life Church, to be ready for what God is going to do. But one of the things that was in that prophecy was about you people. And that prophecy said, they said to us, this is uh, two pastors who run another church, North Gold Coast, Hans and Gwyneth Abeling. One of the things they said was, your people are pillars. You're a pillar. You might not look like one. You might not feel like one. Most of the people you know might not even think of you as pillars. But who cares? Because God has said it. And what God says goes. And I felt late in the week, after I'd given a fair bit of time to writing up some notes on the, on the Sabbath, and we will get to that another time, I really felt God saying, I need to encourage you about this whole thing about being pillars. And so I, I did a bit of a word search in the Bible, and that's not hard to do these days because you've got all this software that will do it for you. And uh, there are about 217 occurrences of the word pillar or pillars in the Bible, depending a little bit on what translation you use. And uh, in the Old Testament in particular, most uses of the word pillar or pillars are in relation to structures, especially the temple and uh, God's instructions to his people in relation to building the temple. But there was also a negative meaning attached to pillar, and those were sacred pillars which represented worshipping other gods. Well, we're not, we're, that's not the kind of pillars you are, all right? We're not, we're not those kind of pillars. We're not what the Old Testament refers to as sacred pillars. Also in the Old Testament, there was a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud that were representing God. Remember when Israel came out of Egypt? God said, I'm going to be with you. And the sign that he was with them was the pillar of fire by, uh, by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And then later on, God dwelt in the temple and God gave his people instructions and there were pillars that were used as the basic construction or the basic structure in the pillar. Also in the Old Testament, a pillar could represent a boundary or a marker. Uh, they didn't have fences back then like we have today. So a pillar was often erected to uh, indicate the spot where one person's 
property ended and another started. Another use of the term was in relation to a memorial. So often a significant event was uh, memorialised by a pillar. So that, that kind of pillar wasn't holding anything up. It was a large structure that was put there to remind people about a significant event. Of course, back then, most people didn't have access to the written word. And so it was structures like a pillar that would record something that had happened in history. Finally, in the Old Testament, the word pillar is sometimes used metaphorically, if you like, as a word picture. And on all six occasions when it's used in the New Testament, it's actually used metaphorically. It's used as a word picture. Uh, there's a beautiful, beautiful um, scripture in Revelation. Revelation 3 verse 12. This is what it says about us. All who are victorious, some versions say, all who overcome will become pillars in the temple of my God. This is John speaking, or John recording what he sees in that vision of heaven. And lots of commentaries will say, all Christians, that, that all of us who are hooked on the word of God, who, who love Jesus, we're the ones who overcome. We're the victorious ones and we will become pillars in the temple. Now that's not a physical temple because you see, after Jesus comes a second time, there will be no need for a physical temple where the presence of God resided. It will be a spiritual temple. And in fact, there's a spiritual temple right now and it's called the church. That's where God dwells on the earth today. He dwells in the church. And uh, I just want to read to you from 1 Peter verses two, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And I'm using the New Living Translation because I, I just like the richness of this translation. So it begins in verse 1 with this comment. So get rid of all evil behaviour. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy and all unkind speech. In other words, get rid of all of those things that are actually opposite to the fruit of the Spirit. Get rid of all that stuff. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. He's talking to new Christians here, right? The very early church. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. So that you will get everything, everything that Christ won for you on the cross. Moving on to verse 4. You are coming to Christ. And I like that too because, see, we can't say, I've come to Christ. It's, it's something we're doing continually. We're coming to Christ. It's a, it's a way of living. It's a way of life. You're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. 
He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honour. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Wow. You guys have pleased God today because you've worshipped him and you've praised him and you've gathered together as the church gathered and he loves it. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honour and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognise the honour God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Somewhere near you, and you may have even moved it when you came in to sit down, there's a picture of pillars. These pillars are holding up a structure. You know God is going to build his church using you as his pillars. And you see, as I said, it doesn't make any difference how you feel. It doesn't make any difference how I feel. It doesn't even make any difference how I feel about you. It doesn't make any difference what anybody thinks about you. God has said. I believe that with all my heart. Although the words came from a man and a woman, I believe with all my heart that that was the word of God to us. What will God do with us as pillars? He builds a temple. And who dwells in the temple? He does. He dwells among us. Where he is, there is glory. Where he is, there is light where there is light people are drawn God says you are pillars it's quite interesting that during this last week I was at um, two prayer meetings that I feel were really quite uh, strategic and of critical importance to the Gold Coast um, I pray with, with a group of pastors. We meet 
once a month. And uh, we were just praying on, on Friday and you know, a prophetic word came forward about you know, God is about to do something on the Gold Coast. And I realised then that even if the church does nothing, we can cope with about a 200% increase in attendance right across the board, really without doing anything. Every church, or almost every church on the Gold Coast has got spare capacity. Even with the services they're running now, And of course, they can run more services on a Sunday. Because, you know, churches are among the most underutilised buildings in our economy. Because they, they tend to be used mainly for something that happens on a Sunday. And the rest of the week, they're pretty well empty. Except, you know, the pastor might come along and spend some time in the office. So that the church... I'm talking here about the institutional church, the church that has the buildings and the programs and so on, has got the capacity to minister to at least 200% more than we do right now. And if you run into multiple services, it would easily be 600%. So guess what? Capacity is not an issue. The real issue is, where is the glory? Where is the light. Well, it's with us. Yesterday morning, I went to a meeting, another meeting, another prayer meeting. This is a little bit different. This one feeds into uh, the Lord Mayor, the, the Lord Mary's meeting with a group of pastors from around the Gold Coast. And um, when he's able, he, he actually comes to the meeting. They, they, they pray and they feed into the, the, the mayor and the council have been very, very supportive of church initiatives over the last couple of years. They're not all Christians, but they see the value that the church brings into our community. The mayor comes along to those meetings of the pastors when he's able to, and he prays with them and he has them pray for him. Isn't it a wonderful thing to have a mayor who wants the church to pray for him? Hallelujah. Uh, there's a group of us invited yesterday to, to come together and to kind of really, I guess, work prophetically to feed into some of these processes. And there was a strong word that came forward yesterday again about God is ready to do something. You know, the Gold Coast is heavily influenced by other gods. And I can remember when we were looking at houses, I was floored by the number of houses we looked at where there were Buddhas and symbols of other Eastern religion. In some houses, there were even shrines. And I remember going into one house, they had a, a great big shrine and stuff everywhere. I walked through the front door and I got a headache. And I said to Jeanette, I can't, we can't have this house. I'm too busy to deal with all the spiritual mess that there is here. But the Gold Coast is full of it. You wonder why there's such a problem with things like drugs? You wonder why there's such a problem with things like domestic violence? Do you know Gold Coast has a dreadful problem with domestic violence? It's the influence of other gods. And, and 
You know, some people might think, oh, it's okay to buy a Buddha. It's, a, it's just a work of art. But you see, there's a spirit behind it. And one of the, I think, one of the worst things is these spirits keep people poor. Because most, most of the religions, most of the religious spirits behind these symbols, if you like, these sacred pillars, most of these religions are really telling people they are where they are because that's where a god or many gods have put them. And as I've said before, one of the most wonderful things about Christianity is that in Christianity, it's okay to have aspiration. It's okay to aspire to something better. God says you are pillars. He's building a spiritual temple around us. He's using us to build a spiritual temple to make a difference in our city. One of the things that came out yesterday really strongly was the whole idea. Where does the glory of God reside today? In the church. In the church. It doesn't matter how you feel, the glory of God is here. In fact, in Psalm 8, I think it is, we're given the assurance that we are crowned with His glory. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't receive the lies of the devil. Don't believe that you're insignificant in the church, that you're insignificant in the kingdom. Don't believe that you're not important, that you don't matter. Don't believe any of that. Because God has spoken. God says, you are pillars. God said, you are pillars. You have a look in the Old Testament at how important pillars were in the construction of the temple. We're just as important today in the construction of the spiritual temple where God dwells. Remember Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men, all people to me. Where is Jesus lifted up? Right here. What were we doing this morning? I mean, I couldn't see most of you because I haven't got eyes in the back of my head. But we were lifting up the name of Jesus. What happens when we lift the name of Jesus? What happens when he is lifted up? He draws. See, you don't have to feel that we've got to finish church this morning and race across the, the road to Tactical Edge and stand up somewhere and preach the gospel. What we've got to do is praise him, lift him high in everything we do, every thought, every word, every deed. And he will draw people to him. Isn't that good? God says, God says, you are pillars. His church is about to grow. Now, I can't say what that means for Ignite Life Church. That's not important. What is important is that his church 
will grow. And his church manifests in two primary ways. One is the church gathered on a Sunday, usually on a Sunday. That's important. I, I believe that. God loves the institutional church. The institutional church gets pretty bad press. The institutional church gets a lot of criticism. I'm, I'm not that happy about the way in which people criticise the church. In fact, um, I had a Facebook friend who was going to town about the church. And I actually wrote to him, you need to be very careful about blaspheming God's church. God's church isn't perfect because we're not perfect. But it's God's church despite its imperfections. You know, as pillars, we might have a chip here and a, and a chip there, but all that matters is what God says. It doesn't matter if people see a chip here and a chip there. It doesn't matter if we feel we're pretty chipped, chipped by the world, chipped by our experience, chipped by sickness, chipped by disappointment, chipped by depression. None of those things matter. Because God says. I just want you to be encouraged. Everyone's very quiet. I just want you to be encouraged today. It makes no difference what you think or feel or what anyone says about you. We received a prophetic word. And I'm prepared to take responsibility for what I'm sharing with you today. And believe you me, those who preach are held to a higher standard. But I'm okay. I'm prepared to put my head on the line and say, I really believe this is a prophetic word for us. And I've sat on this for about seven or eight months now, probably longer. You are pillars. It doesn't mean you've got to run yourself ragged working for the church. It doesn't mean that. You can't, no. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just, as an aside, let me just tell you that... um, you can, and that's one reason why I'm adamant. I never, ever want to burn anybody out. And um, tomorrow knows I'm always talking about it. But, um, you, you know, during that period of the shutdown of COVID, we did a lot of work down here. And at the end of that period, I was resenting it. Because I, I couldn't get anything else done. Uh, there was a lot to do. And it was hard physical work as well as anything else. I had help. I didn't do it all on my own, so don't go feeling sorry for me. But, but it was a long, hard slog. And, and getting this, the technology, it, I spent hours and hours trying to sort out the issues. We never did sort out all the issues, despite the fact that I had some help with that as well. But you see, I'd forgotten who I am. I'd forgotten that God told me I'm a pillar. I'm part of you as well. And then just in the last two weeks, you know, God has reminded me of this. He said, Rod, everything you do is for my glory, for the encouragement of the saints and the salvation of the lost. Everything. You know, and I, I, I kept saying that. I said, Lord, everything I do, even if it's pulling a screw out or knocking down a wall, or mopping the floor downstairs, whatever it is, there are three things that are going on here. One, I'm giving you the glory. Two, somehow this is going to result in encouragement for the saints. And three, 
somehow this is going to result in salvation of the lost. They're the three reasons why I live and breathe today. But you can forget. You can forget. And I got to the point where I forgot. I'm not forgetting now. Because God in his great mercy, his love and his grace, he spoke to me. But I want to encourage you today. God says what God says matters. What God says is the truth. So expect him to do something in you and then to do something through you. You know, if, if, if there's sickness in your life, expect him to heal and then expect him to work through you because you'll have a testimony and the testimony you know what you can you can stand on a street corner you can preach the gospel till you go blue in the face and it won't make a difference but when you walk up to someone you know and say hey i want to tell you god healed me or god gave me a breakthrough in my finances or God healed my marriage or God healed my relationship with my children or whatever it happens to be. That makes people listen. The Bible stuff comes later. <laughs> Don't feel guilty. Right? You should be jumping up and down for joy. We've got plenty of room to do it. <laughs> One of the blessings of the COVID safe plan, right? There's plenty of room to rejoice and to jump up and down and to praise the Lord and to dance in His presence. <laughs> well, look, um, that, that's what I, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And uh, be encouraged, you know. Take this home, it's too big to fit on your fridge, I know. Um, I don't know, put it on your doormat so you see it when you're going out and when you're coming back in. Just remind yourself in one of those pillars. God is using you to build his church and in his, his church is the temple, the spiritual temple and where his temple is, that's where he dwells. His glory is in the church and that was confirmed by these prophetic words yesterday morning. His light is in the church. When we lift him up, he draws people to him. So let us practice being pillars this coming week, eh? Hey?